1: Coming up today,
0: Pastor Greg Laurie offers practical advice to help strengthen our ministries on an individual basis.
1: You know, I think sometimes we might think, well, pastors or missionaries or people that work for churches, they're in ministry, but every Christian is in ministry in a sense because ministry is simply service where we're saying, God, you put me where I am for a reason and I am available to serve you and I want my life to bring glory to you. This is the day.
0: essentially is a to-do list from God. Once we've come to the Lord, our sins are forgiven and our names are written in the book of life. But what's next? Well, the Lord has a few suggestions. And whether we're standing at a pulpit or welcoming at the door, whether we deliver babies or bottled water, whether we work inside or outside the home, God has a work for us to do right where we are. Today on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie brings us solid counsel from the book of Nehemiah.
1: All right, who's ready to study the book of Nehemiah? Raise your hand, excellent, excellent. Grab your Bibles and turn it quickly to Nehemiah chapter one. Nehemiah chapter one, it might not be a book that you're all that familiar with. It's page 475 in my Bible, but that's usually not the best way to find something because you probably have a different Bible than I have. But uh, Nehemiah chapter one, And the title of my message is The Rebuilt Life. I wanna remind you that I always encourage you to read ahead so for next time, read Nehemiah 1 and Nehemiah 2. In fact, just read through the whole book. That'd be the best thing. You know, as you look at America today, I don't know when we've ever been more divided. We're really divided along racial lines. Racial tensions seem to be at an all-time high. Uh, We're divided along political lines. We've always had political divisions, but I can't think of a time where we're more divided than we are in this particular moment. We're divided along ideological lines. Then we see the breakdown and redefinition of the family. And honestly, that is at the root of a lot of our problems in America today. The increase in crime, the increase of drug use, the increase of so many problems we're facing can be traced directly back to the breakdown of the family. Then we have violence in the streets and we have threats to our personal and national security. What are we gonna do to turn our nation around? Can we turn our nation around? Well, we're gonna see a lot of parallels here between our lives and the story of Nehemiah. This is a story of one man who took action and made a difference. His name was Nehemiah and he literally rebuilt a nation. There's so much we can learn together in this book and we will learn together. We're gonna learn how to pray when there seems to be no human solution to our problems. Are you facing a problem like that right now? There's no human solution. We're gonna learn what Nehemiah did when he was in the same situation. We're gonna learn how to deal with challenges spiritually as well as practically. You know, sometimes we only wanna have a spiritual solution, i.e. pray, and we don't do anything. Sometimes we wanna do something, but we don't pray. We'll learn how the two go hand in hand. We'll learn how to plan our work and work our plan, and at the same time trust God. And really the book of Nehemiah is in many ways a book about leadership. So we're gonna learn how to boost morale when it's failing. How to build people up and get them on your team. Maybe you're a leader of your workspace. Maybe you're the boss man or the boss woman, or maybe you're a foreman on a work site, or maybe you're the teacher in the classroom, or or you're the person in charge in some way, shape, or form. But even if you're lower down on the ladder, uh, you'll probably be a leader of some kind one day, and it seems like everyone leads someone. So there's lessons on leadership here as well. We'll also learn together how to respond to personal attacks and react when lies are told about you. Have you ever had lies told about you? Have you ever been attacked unjustly? Nehemiah faced that. We'll learn how to react. But first we have to sort of lay a little foundation here with some history of the nation of Israel where they were at at this particular moment in time. Now of course, Israel was established by God. They were and are God's chosen people. God ruled them through the various judges over time, but Israel wanted a king and he granted their request and gave them a king after their own heart and his name was King Saul. He was the people's choice and he wasn't a very good king. So God picked someone himself He was David, the shepherd boy, who was described after the man after God's own heart. And under the reign of David, Israel, well, they were in their glory days. Around the circumference of the city, they built protective walls. There was around 10 acres of strategic land uh, surrounded by steep hills and these walls. And for 40 years, Israel thrived. Jerusalem thrived. But David was getting old and he knew his day was coming to an end. So he passed it on to his son Solomon and said, Solomon, my son, know the God of your father and serve him with an undivided heart. And Solomon started off so well. Known for his great wisdom, people came from around the world to sit at his feet, including the queen of Sheba, who said of him, the half has not been told. But then Solomon began to compromise and he started getting a bunch of wives, lots and lots of wives, and then some concubines as well. If you don't know what those are, ask Pastor Paul afterwards. He'll explain concubines. (laughs) And he was compromising, and many of these were pagan women, and it resulted in in trouble coming right there into the throne, but soon Solomon died, and then Israel split right in two. And the northern tribes are ruled by Jeroboam. And the southern tribes are ruled by Rehoboam. And both tribes turned to idols and false gods. The northern tribe fell first and they were taken into captivity by the Assyrians. The people of the northern kingdom were absorbed into the various cultures of the world. But the southern kingdom fell later and they were deported by the Babylonians. Uh, So because they had this penchant for idolatry, God says, you want idols? Hey, I'll give you more idols than you can shake a stick at. Welcome to idol central Babylon. And that's where they lived as captives for 70 long years. And that's when the book of Daniel was written. Nebuchadnezzar was the king of Babylon. Remember, one of his advisors was Daniel. And God humbled the great Nebuchadnezzar and he turned to God, but he didn't successfully pass his legacy on because his grandson Belshazzar went out of his way to mock the god that his grandfather believed in, you remember the story of Belshazzar, drinking out of the vessels that were set aside for the worship of God and and mocking the Lord. And then he saw a handwriting on the wall and God said, you've been weighed in the balances and you've been found lacking because right outside of his kingdom was Cyrus and the Medo-Persian forces who are ready to come in and conquer Babylon. So now Cyrus is the king. And he gives a decree that the Jews can go back to Jerusalem. So in approximately 536 B.C., the first wave of Jews returned to Jerusalem. Though they're opposed by the Samaritans, they succeed in rebuilding the temple. And a number of years later, around 458 B.C., a second wave of Jewish people return under the direction of Ezra. Ezra was a priest, he was a spiritual leader, and upon arriving, the children of Israel were in a state of spiritual decline. The problem was there was intermarriage with the pagan tribes, intermarriage. By the way, God is not against interracial marriage, he's against interfaith marriage, okay? So it's not an issue. And anyone who makes an issue of interracial marriage doesn't know what they're talking about. The big thing for God is that we find people that share the same faith that we share. Uh, Because I'll tell you what, marriage is hard enough without adding the element of a non-believer to it. This is why the Bible says, don't be unequally yoked together with non-believers. For what fellowship does light have with darkness? And you might say, well, I'm gonna marry a non-Christian guy and I'm gonna lead him to Christ. Yeah, I'll concede that does occasionally happen, but occasionally. Far more often what happens is instead of the believer pulling the non-believer up, the non-believer pulls the believer down. And that's why the Bible warns against it, and that's what happened to Israel. They're intermarrying with all these pagan tribes, and so they're totally compromised, and it's just a big mess. So Ezra calls these people out to repent, and they did. And then the Jewish temple was rebuilt, but the walls of the city were in shambles. Thanks for
0: joining us for A New Beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie from Harvest Ministries in the US. Today, Pastor Greg is laying the foundation for our study series in Nehemiah. Let's continue his message called The Rebuilt Life.
1: So the temple's rebuilt, but the walls are still in shambles. It's sort of like, they started the job, but they didn't finish it, kind of like the way I clean things, right? My wife, she's very efficient as a cleaner. You know, she, she'll make food for me to eat, and she's cleaning the dish before I finished eating. You know, I have to climb partially into the dishwasher to finish it and get sprayed in my face, things like that. Uh, she's always cleaning, efficient, cleaning. I let messes store up the other day. I was looking in my office. It just looks like a bomb went off in there. You know, books stacked on books and papers and all these things. And so I said, I'm gonna get it right today. And so I got it all sorted out, but I just left like two or three little piles. I said, I'll get to those later. You know what happened, right? Now those piles are big piles and it looks as bad as it looked before and I have to start all over again. That's what Israel looked like. That's what Jerusalem looked like. They got some things done, but they didn't get all the things done. So enter Nehemiah. He's the man that God is going to use. He's not a priest like Ezra. He's what you would call a layman. I don't like the term layman myself. It's sort of a a term that's used to describe someone who's not, quote, in ministry, end quote. You know, I think sometimes we might think, well, pastors or missionaries or people that work for churches, they're in ministry, but, but actually, you know, I flip burgers or I work in the corporate world or, or I'm in construction or I'm in education, so I'm not in ministry. Au contraire, which is French for snails with garlic. No, that's, a, that's <laughs> gargoyle. No, every Christian is in ministry in a sense because ministry is simply service. Where we're saying, God, you put me where I am for a reason, and I am available to serve you, and I want my life to bring glory to you. So God didn't pick another priest to finish the job. He picked a different kind of guy who was part of what we might think of today as the presidential cabinet. He picked Nehemiah, who was the right man in the right place at the right time. Nehemiah was the cupbearer to King Artaxerxes, who was the leader of the medo Persians. Now this would be like being uh, maybe the chief of staff to the president of the United States. You control access to the Oval Office. So if you want to see the president, you go through the chief of staff. If you wanted to see King Artaxerxes, you went through Nehemiah. This had to be a man that the king could trust. Actually, it had to be a man that the king liked because he spent a lot of time with him because whenever food was served to the king, Nehemiah ate it first. And basically, if Nehemiah died, the king would not eat that food. And he would need a cupbearer. A new one, rather. And he would drink of the cup before the king would drink of it. But in time, he became the confidant of the king. He became the counselor to the king. In many ways, he was the second most powerful man in all of the nation at this point. So a very successful job and a super cushy one at that, and you wouldn't want to jeopardize it. But Despite this luxurious life, Nehemiah was concerned about others. That's where his heart was. In a perfect world, he didn't want to be in the palace. He wanted to be in the temple. In other words, he had the finest this world has to offer, but he wanted to be with God and with God's people, and he cared about them. Is that how you feel during the week? you know, maybe at work or school or whatever, you're saying, I can't wait till Sunday. We're gonna worship the Lord. We're gonna get into the Word of God. You look forward to it. Like the psalmist who said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Is that how you felt when you came to church today? Are you glad to be in the house of the Lord right now? (laughs) If so, yeah, that's good. Listen to this. When you're living a godly life, you will want to be with godly people. Very simple. When you're living a godly life, you'll want to be with godly people. Let me turn it around. If you're not living as godly of a life as you ought to, you will not want to be with godly people. So basically, Nehemiah is saying, yeah, this is nice living here in the palace next to the king, but... I care about God's people. You know, sometimes people will say things like, well, I love Jesus, I just can't stand the church. That's like the stupidest thing ever, by the way. Because if you love Jesus, you will love his people. And don't say you love Jesus if you don't love his people. First John four twenty says, if a person says I love God but hates his brother, he's a liar. If a person does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? Nehemiah loved God and he loved his people, his fellow Jews. So he asks about them. So we're in Nehemiah chapter one, starting in verse one. And by the way, I'm reading from the New Living Translation. In late autumn, in the month of Kislev, you know that month, right, Kislev. That would be around November to December on our calendar. In the 20th year of King Artaxerxes' reign, I was at the fortress of Susa. Hanani, one of my brothers, came to visit me with some other men who had just arrived from Judah. I asked them about the Jews who had returned there from captivity and how things were going in Jerusalem. They said to me, things are not going well, for those who return to the province of Judah are in great trouble. And disgrace, the wall of Jerusalem has been torn down and the gates have been destroyed by fire. So we'll stop there. So Nehemiah was deeply moved and touched by this. He thought, I'm in this position, I'm in for a reason. He decides he's gonna bet the farm and go for broke and leverage his position of influence and go to King Artaxerxes and try to fund a building program to rebuild the broken walls of Jerusalem. He realized he was where he was because God wanted him there. Have you ever stopped and thought about the fact that you're exactly where you're supposed to be right now? I mean, right here, right now, in church, yes. Wherever you are, this is where you should be. But it's also true of the neighborhood you're in, or the workspace you're in, or the campus you're on, or or wherever you might be. You might say, oh man, if I could just change my circumstances, Did it ever occur to you that you are where you're supposed to be? Nehemiah realizes, hey, God put me here, and I'm going to do something with this position he's given to me.
0: Pastor Greg Laurie is just getting started in a great series examining the leadership and example of Nehemiah. And next time on A New Beginning, there's much more to come from this foundational study. As Pastor Greg brings us more insight as we discover the purpose God has for all of us in his kingdom. Today's message from Pastor Greg Laurie was called The Rebuilt Life. If you'd like to listen again, just download the free Vision Christian Media app where it's available as a podcast. Or for a copy on CD, contact Vision Christian Store on 1-800-00-5011 or visionstore.org.au. Station sponsor. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.